everyone and welcome back to BoJack Horsepod, the BoJack Horseman story. Today we will be talking about Season 2, Episode 6 of BoJack Horseman, Higher Love. I'm Kirsten McGinnis, joined as always by the lovely Lindsay Wilson. Lindsay, how are you today? I'm good. This feels like it was the darkest episode yet, and that's including the funeral episode, at least for Season 2. Like, this was a super dark episode. (sighs) I mean, I guess you could say that there was a certain darkness to the episode, but (laughs) I didn't. I was just like, yeah, it's an episode. Yeah, yeah. I don't feel like I enjoyed it that much. And I think it was just like the ending was so dark. I don't know. I did like that it kind of moves things along in a way the last couple maybe hadn't. I think that here's the thing is you're like a smart person. And so <laughs> you watch things and you analyze them and you really think about it. And so you're like, oh, that was dark. And I'm just kind of <laughs> like a dummy. And I sit and I watch the show and I'm like, whoa, that was 20 minutes of my oh life. My uh, <laughs> <So> <laughs> not true. Had a good time. Like, I guess oh what I'm God. saying is on this podcast, you're Bojack and I'm Mr. Peanut Butter. <laughs> So not true, man. I listened to the chickens episode from last week while I was editing it, and I feel like you made lots of very smart and insightful points. Uh, well, thank you. I I'm uncomfortable when people are too nice to me. Um, <laughs> Accept my praise. Do you, I mean I have to? But just stop being so nice to me, okay? God, I did ha- learn something very startling this week. Okay, and good. that's that Bojack is an ENTP on Myers Briggs. And now you might be same? wondering why is that a problem? And yes, the answer is I too am an ENTP. Where did you find this information? I don't know, but all I know is I know it now. You, know? <laughs> you can't and unknow it. I can't unknow it. The toothpaste is out of the tube. And <laughs> uh, I have the same Myers Briggs as Bojack, but I still think he's the type seven in Enneagram. So at least he's more like Chappelle in that way yeah. than me. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. It's just a dark discovery. Yeah, that is troubling. I wonder, I don't know if I line up with anybody. Bojack characters, Myers Briggs. What's your Myers Briggs in? ISTJ. Like, I, okay, okay. I was going to say INTJ, but. That's because yeah. I don't think I know the difference between the N and the S. Yeah, that's okay. It doesn't look like any of these people are ISTJs. I wonder why list. that is. <laughs> Diane is an INFJ. Interesting. Yeah, lots of E's here. Charlotte, ISFJ. And then some characters we haven't met yet. I'm looking at... Someone made a really long post on Reddit about all of the Enneagrams. This person thinks that Bojack is a three-wing too. I don't think that makes any sense. I feel like I don't know these well enough to be able to agree. There's a whole subreddit called Ennea Fiction, and it's where people talk about the Enneagram types of fictional characters. Whoa. It seems like it could be a useful thing for podcasters. Interesting. Well, what? Tell me a show and we'll look up the Enneagram. <laughs> what shows do we like? Uh, uh, a show okay. other than Bojack. <laughs> <laughs> this is the only show we care about. We both we talk about Brooklyn Nine Nine a lot, or we could talk about your beloved Superstore. Let's look up Brooklyn Nine Nine because you haven't even watched Superstore because you hate me and you don't want me to be happy. <laughs> I watched the first epi- first two episodes, and yeah, that was as far as I got. So people think that Jake is a seven, Amy is a three or a six, Charles Boyle is a two. I don't know enough about Enneagram to say anything. <laughs> Chappelle, just tell us if this sounds right. I do. Raymond can... Holt as an ISTJ, I will accept. And a one. Oh, God. Are you Twins. Raymond Holt? I guess so. <laughs> I guess that's why I just really want your approval. 
<laughs> just desperate for it. You're just uh, desperate hilarious. for approval from someone so stern. <laughs> you have my approval. Accept it. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> well, there's like a tiny spider coming down in front of my face. Oh no, not in I front of your react face. To this. <laughs> Get rid of it. It's like not actually in front of my face. I can just see it like a, probably a foot away. It's in, it's within a foot of you and you're this calm. Yeah, it's really small. Like it couldn't be smaller. It couldn't be small. It's like a, like a speck. <laughs> that is troubling though. It suggests there are other baby spiders. Yes, that is true. Where there's one, there's two. Yeah. Speaking of, did you ever find another mouse in your house? There, no. Thankfully, there have been no more mice in the house. And for the podcast listeners, a mouse got into my apartment this past week and I found out about it. Because my cat killed it and was running around with its corpse in her mouth. Um, <laughs> like, literally, I was, like, falling asleep. It's, like, 1230 at night on a work night. My cat makes the weirdest sound. I'm like, what the hell is that? I've never heard that sound before. So I turn on the lights. And I'm like, what's in your mouth? <laughs> like, no, no. What's, what's in your mouth? I get closer. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's a mouse. So I try to get closer to her. I don't know what I was going to do. I didn't have gloves or anything at that moment. I just like instinctively ran to her. She ran, bolts under the bed with the mouse. She drops it. And then when you come close, she picks it up. Like she's she's not willing to be separated from it. So I was like, okay, I'm going to put on rubber gloves. I'm going to grab a plastic bag, like put my hand in the bag like you would if you're like picking up dog poop. And then I had to like push Steffi away with one hand and grab the mouse really quick with the other tie up the bag and then took it and threw it in the dumpster um, oh you're so brave uh, well what am I to do I'm a strong independent woman there's no man <laughs> to come get the mouse there's simply no other choice there, like what was I to do leave the dead mouse in my house you can't do that that's the kind of thing when you know it's there you have mm-hmm. to immediately deal with it like I feel yep. like there's other small things that could happen around your house where you'd be like it's fine like say a spider you know Maybe it crawls in somewhere and you don't know where it went. And you have to just accept that it's gone and you can't go searching for it, you know? Mm-hmm. Can't let it ruin your life. <laughs> Once the mouse is in there, you have to get rid of it. There's no other option. It was one in the morning. It's not like I could get my property manager to do it. <laughs> well, you know, when you're right, you're right. I had to just, I had to take matters into my own hands. And it was really scary. And I like almost cried because not only did I have to get rid of a mouse's corpse, I also normally wouldn't go out to the dumpster at one in the morning. True. Because it's oh, scary. God. They're distressing. But I did it and everything was fine and I'm stronger for it. But now just like petrified that another mouse will find its way into my apartment. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, here's the thing. We knew my building had mice. We've known this for months. But I'm pretty sure my cats have such a strong like predator smell that no mouse in their right mind is coming into this apartment. <laughs> like I assure you there is nothing in this apartment that smells so good that it would lead a mouse to ignore the predator smell of the cats so I think this mouse was either a stupid dumb baby because it was pretty small <laughs> and babies are stupid and dumb or it had a death wish yeah either way yeah because she dead now she gone <laughs> and my sister was like oh was it really dead or did you like suffocate it with the bag then by throwing oh it away my God. and I was like no it was dead. Like, real it was dead. real limp. I think if it had been alive, it would have been trying to get out of my cat's mouth, actually. So, thankfully, no more mice. Still scared. Good. Steffi comes to cuddle at night, and every time I, like, check her m- out to make sure she doesn't have anything in her mouth. I'm deeply distrustful of her now. I, like, no longer trust that little nugget. Because she normally would come up, she'd, like, nuzzle my face, lay on my chest. Oh, like, oh my God. Cuddle up with me. And then that whole night, she's still coming to cuddle with me throughout the night. 
<laughs> and I'm like, what's in your mouth? You know what you did. You murderer. <laughs> oh, God. Well, I'm glad you made it through that unscathed. You are a strong and independent woman. I survived. That's the thing. It's the pro and con about me. The pro, I don't need a man. The con, I don't need a man, you know? <laughs> Anyways, should we talk about Bojack Horseman now that we're Let's 10 minutes in and we've talked exclusively about the mouse in my house and Enneagram? <laughs> yeah maybe we should is that why people are here who knows anyways i'm sure that that tangent was seemingly unrelated but it'll all tie in later um <laughs> so this episode starts okay and it's todd and mr peanut butter are having a pb living meeting and mr <laughs> peanut butter's accountant is there and what the hell is the accountant's name oxnard is what i have written down here okay that's what i thought so that Oxnard is voiced by Jake Johnson. Yeah, yeah. Of new girl fame. Of new girl fame. And what's really funny, actually, is in this conversation, they talk about how they bought the rights, the movie <laughs> rights to the tag. And Jake Johnson also is in the movie Tag. Yes. But that happened in 2018. That movie was in 2018. Yeah. And this joke happened in like 2015. Yeah, I thought that was hilarious. Jeremy messaged me that probably like two months ago or something. And he was like, oh my God, when you get here, you have to make a note that like Jake Johnson was in Tag. <laughs> and I was like, well, famously, I have seen Tag twice. What? Not just once, but twice. <laughs> okay, well, I've seen it never. Yeah, my, my hot take was that I actually kind of enjoyed it. Akiva likes it too. So yeah, basically everything Whoa. I heard from everyone was like, this movie is stupid and bad. And I was like, what? I thought this movie was like lighthearted and like certainly not critical darling, but like there was, it was not fine. a critical darling. <laughs> this film, well, not a this critical film. darling. <laughs> she thought me why. Okay, wait. In 2007, <laughs> Jake Johnson was in a t- TV series short called Your Magic Touched Me and played the devil. Oh. It's just something Jake Johnson and I have in common. <laughs> Um, we both True. been the devil on TV. Uh-huh. Wow. You guys can talk about that if you ever meet up. I, yeah, that's what I'll bring up if I meet Jake Johnson. <laughs> we both played the devil on TV. We hey. have so much in common. Maybe we should get married. Honestly, a concept. <laughs> is he married? He's kind of old. Yeah. How old is Jake Johnson? How old, wait, how old do you think Jake Johnson is? 41. You think he's 41? You're not correct, but I'm just going to check my math really quick. He's going to be 43 at the end of this month. Wow. So you're close. Okay. You're close. Yes. So he'll be 43 this year. I'll be 29. Uh, 14 that is a bit of a gap. <laughs> year age difference. Not opposed to it for Jake Johnson, I guess. Yeah, not insurmountable, really. But It's not you know. I- insurmountable, but it's not my preference. Like, I feel like if I'm going to date an older guy, I might as well date someone who's, like, going to die soon so I can, like, get their money, you know? Exactly. Like, Jake Johnson's Smart. probably going to live a while. Yeah, and does he really have, like, as much money as you could be getting from, like, a super old dude? Probably not. Well, and I, again, it's not all about money, but I was having... Actually, I had this conversation with my sister literally yesterday about, like, <laughs> someone's, like, a rich white dude... No one has ever told them the truth one time in their life. So, like, they don't know that they're bad in bed, you know? Mm-hmm. It's a concern. It's a great point. It's a concern. <laughs> <laughs> I literally, my sister and I were talking about that yesterday. <laughs> wow. Anyways, well, obviously, like, I feel like Jake Johnson just clearly most famous for a new girl. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. But then he also uh, was just in uh, Into the Spider-Verse, and he was very good in that as well. My, here's my secret shame. I have not seen Into the Spider-Verse, even though Spider-Man's my favorite superhero. So Into the Spider-Verse is the best Spider-Man movie. And that's what I've heard, but I'm like too scared to watch it. 
Yeah, fair. Because then once I've good. watched it, so I can't watch it again for the first time. Mm-hmm. Do I sound yeah. like nuts when I say shit like that? <laughs> I mean, I understand it, but also at some point you're gonna have to watch it for the first time. Or maybe I'm the only watch only it. first time. That's just, yeah, it's true. I do say stuff like that sometimes where I'm like, oh man, I wish I could like watch this show again for the first time. But I feel like we all feel like that about some things. Yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> anyway, so getting real profound here on the horse we're getting pod. real deep on on the horse pod. okay so oxnard is like trying to get them to be serious but they are trying to pitch him on a bagel catcher pitch him oh shut up <laughs> we're and really so, accounting on you i really love when they're like you say you love a toasted bagel and he goes i would never say that i have celiac <laughs> disease I wrote that down too. <laughs> it's like, no, nothing has ever happened to me. Stop. Yeah, stop pitching. Like, he's like, we're filing for bankruptcy. You've made a series of just horrible business decisions. And they're like, well, we were going based on our our business manager. And it was Vincent Adultman. <laughs> yeah, one final sighting of Vincent Adultman being like, this is sound business. From a business perspective and he's like you paid fifty thousand dollars to kindergartners for the movie rights to tank <laughs> amazing how yeah, annoyed then, do you think the american listeners are right now that we just said bagel and tag how are we supposed to say tag <laughs> i don't know <laughs> i'm just assuming that because everyone gets mad when i say bag they're gonna get annoyed when i say tag as well <laughs> It has to rhyme, I guess. Tag? I don't know. Like, is it tag? Tag. To Americans? Do they say, oh, we're playing tag, you're it. I'm playing tag today. Tag. I feel like we're normal. Tag. <laughs> I don't know what's right or wrong anymore. I can't really tell. Because then they'll be like, no, it's tag. And I'll be like, tag. That's what I'm saying. It's the same There's word. two of us. We outnumber them. Yeah, that's right. There's two Canadians on this podcast, so the Americans can just grow up and deal with it. <laughs> deal with it. Surf's up. Yeah, surf's up, okay? Surf's up's still oh, a thing. God. Don't worry. Okay, good. And then it gets very serious. He's like, Mr. Peanut Butter, you have to get a job. Are you hiring at your accounting firm? No. <laughs> I love that I did not even recognize that that was Jake Johnson's voice, and it was just like a fun surprise for me when I saw his name on IMDb. <laughs> wow okay so mr peanut butter needs to get a job he has not heard from his agent in years yeah ronnie benito ronnie benito so he goes to the office and he's just waiting in this waiting which like i just don't know that like an agency would have just like an open waiting area like that mm-hmm. like that because it, it seemed more like a doctor's office yeah and it seems like yeah because people are just like getting called in and out all day and then mr peanut butter is just sitting there like, just the entire there. day and finally at the end he goes to the custodian and he's like i'm just gonna go check on him and obviously like, he could have gone in at any point because nobody mm-hmm. gives a single care and he opens the office door and finds that his his agent has passed away during a bout of autoerotic asphyxiation yeah smash cut to the credits on that one like i see what happened (laughs) yeah it's like oh okay yeah and then after the credits it goes to like immediately to bojack's house and they are watching morning time in hollywood with ryan seacrest type and and i'm a lady (laughs) some lady yeah (laughs) and i'm some lady yeah, and they, they really nail it, I think, the like super cheerful explanation of tragedy. They explain what autoerotic asphyxiation is, and they're like, yes, exactly. 
Yeah, autoerotic asphyxiation. Who knew we'd be talking about it so much in this here year of our Lord, 2021? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it comes up a lot in this episode. Yeah, it's basically a central theme to this episode is <laughs> autoerotic asphyxiation. Now, of course, and it's inherent dangerous. It is dangerous. It's not funny that someone died during this at all Mm -hmm. but they really lean into the light-hearted side of (laughs) of dying by autoerotic asphyxiation for most of the episode yeah well this is the thing and i think that's why i was like wow this episode is dark because that's like the biggest theme of the episode you know what Lindsay? some people just want to be choked a little bit not me personally my old bumble bio used to be like please don't choke me And this is why I will never find love. Um, Oh, that's incredible. (laughs) Yeah, it didn't work. I think because a lot of men are out here really wanting to choke women. Oh, my God. Please don't choke me. Oh, my God. Well, you know, at least you just, like, come right out with it. Yeah, I really set my boundaries there. But now I have a much better bio, which is, of course, extremely hot and funny, which is accurate, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I'm not even telling them that I'm smart, too, you know? You've got to leave a mi- little mystery. <laughs> Let them figure that out. <laughs> What's there. wrong with me? You're perfect. Oh, uh, no, I'm not, but thank you for saying it anyways. <laughs> okay, so they're having, like, just, like, a regular morning. And in this episode, Todd kind of is, like, their child of Wanda and Bojack. 100%, And he's yes. like, can I have some lunch money? It's pizza day. And Bojack has to give him money and is like, wait, where is it pizza day? And Todd goes, in my stomach. <laughs> <laughs> What day was pizza day for you? Okay, Wednesdays were often pizza oh, day. It was like Friday pizza day. Yeah, okay, so at my middle school, it was Wednesdays, and it would be once a month on Wednesdays was pizza day. And then I think at my high school, it was Fridays. Yeah, when we had like elementary school pizza day, it was like, yeah, Fridays. Someone brought in like crappy pizza. Oh, yeah, you know, they come in with a, a bunch of pies from pizza pizza. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but the New Brunswick equivalent. Oh, yeah, you're not from Ontario. <laughs> when I went to ele- I went to elementary school in Ontario, so it was pizza, pizza. Yeah, yeah. So I, yeah, it was the same idea. <laughs> here's the thing. Here's my my darkest secret. I actually like pizza, pizza. I just like pizza. It's much like my French fry opinions. Like someone just give me pizza and fries. Mm, see, I used to feel that way, and then I went to New York, mm-hmm. and then it ruined all pizza for me. And now I eat significantly less pizza because nothing <laughs> ever will <laughs> made you like a pizza snub. Nothing will ever live up to like a dollar slice of pizza I got on the street in New York. <laughs> oh, New York. I've been thinking about New York pizza a lot this week. And I just want to get a big slice of plain pizza. And I want to put the chili flakes on it. And I want to fold it in half and just nom, nom, nom. I love that that's, that's like your dream of New York is to get like a dollar slice of street pizza that is plain. And you're just like, can't wait to go to New York City. It's good. You don't need anything else. <laughs> Uh, it's wonderful. No, this it. is a 10 out of 10 take, and any of our New York friends will co-sign that. I know mm-hmm. Scally prefers a buffalo chicken slice, but he'll admit that plain pizza is good, too. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's good. That's right, okay? <laughs> so I don't need your judgment anymore, Lindsay, about me just <laughs> wanting a slice of pizza bigger than my head, okay? It's fine. I just love it. It's like such an achievable dream. <laughs> Well, not really in the pandemic, actually. (laughs) How dare you say that's attainable right now? 
Yeah, not right now. Nothing's attainable now. I'm oh like God. pretty sure that it's been a full week and they're still like, if you're 58 and up, you can sign up for the vaccine. <laughs> so naturally, my next question was going to be like any progress on that front. I'm but. pretty sure literally no progress. Apparently, May is supposed to be a big month for vaccines. That's what they're saying. Apparently, we're going to get a million a week of Pfizer. But I'm like, is that for the whole country? Because that's not that many. I also recently saw a thing that only like 1.2 million people have had both doses in this whole country. I didn't even think it was that high. And I I cried. I cried about yeah. it. I was like, surely this is wrong. Yeah. It's just. Not into it. Allegedly, I'll get a dose in June, but I'll believe it when I feel that needle in my arm. I was really hoping that we would get like an on-air discovery that you could book an appointment. Oh, no. I ha- I already registered. I will get a text when I'm able to book an appointment. Oh, true. Right. I just am very frustrated. I would like mm-hmm. to be vaccinated. I like to feel safe. But yeah. no. That is too much to ask. That's too much to ask. Just give it to me. Just give me. Anyway, sorry. This is, uh, I'm just mad. It's fine. Vaccine corner's over and it's a lot sadder this time than when Lindsay got to get a shot. Yeah, that was an exciting day. That was a really exciting update, but just one We eagerly await the episode where you have your update. Oh my God. Maybe I'll like call you i'll zoom call you live from there and like we can record it while i'm getting vaccinated we can put it's it happening it's happening right i feel the needle it's in my arm like did it feel like ask your ask your immunizer person like do you mind uh, being on a live stream did it feel cold when it went into your arm no that's it my biggest nothing. that's my biggest fear this feels like this was like less painful than my flu shot oh hell yeah well, because yeah. also everyone doing COVID vaccines right now has had so much practice. Like, yeah, exactly. I would argue that like inoculations in general will get less p- painful over time just with how much practice everyone's getting. Mm-hmm. Completely agree. <laughs> Anyways. Okay. So Bojack got a pager because Wanda has a pager and now they can page mm-hmm. each other. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like zero 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 is call me or zero zero zero, I don't know. One two three is I miss you and then eight zero zero eight five is boobs. <laughs> Who came up with that? Yeah. What scam I also came lo- up with that? <laughs> I also loved her Wanda when she's talking about like how Bojack's broken bed is making her sleep poorly. She's like, just because I'm nocturnal doesn't mean I want to be up all night. Yeah, it's weird that you know to her, working in the day is basically working night shift. True. That's a good point. But yeah, because the bed is... I don't remember why the bed is broken. Is it from Todd jumping from on Todd it? From Todd jumping on it. Yes, exactly. And he propped it up with a golden globe. Okay. Yeah. So, which of course he did. <laughs> but actually, I don't buy that because I would say that Bojack would respect an award more than that. Yeah. Yeah, that you is know? weird. He had a stack of books under there for a while because when he fell off with that woman. Right. Like remember when his TV Guide award was his like most prized possession? Like what he what he's now just doesn't care about a Golden Globe. Yeah, good point. Because he carried that thing around for that entire I guess episode. The Golden Globes are a joke. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I guess maybe he just wanted to like have sex on top of his Golden Globe. <laughs> Anyways, so he they like have a very normal morning interaction. He kisses her goodbye. Goes, I love you. Everyone pauses. <laughs> goes, no, I don't. No, I don't. And leaves. Oh, my Um, God. Which my favorite part of this is then he gets to his car, realizes that he left his keys in the apartment, and is just like, you know what? No. He goes out to the street, takes the baby out of a stroller, hands the baby to its mom, and then gets in the stroller and rolls down into traffic. 
<laughs> reminded me a lot of that episode. Is that the first episode with Princess Carolyn where he's like, ah, and like panics when she says she wants a baby or something and he knocks over the stroller and runs away? Yes, yeah. I think that was in the pilot. We also found out there's a new, during the good mo- the morning show, there is a new food truck that just sells gravy. And so that does become important. <laughs> yes. Um, and it's important because Princess Carolyn is having a horrible morning. Her heel broke. She spilled a handful of gravy on her shirt. <laughs> because this food truck sells gravy and they do not sell bowls. Should have gone to the bowl truck next door. That's how they get you. <laughs> Yeah, and so Princess Carolyn has like a little combo at the elevator with our good friend Rutabaga. It seems like they're on like pretty good terms considering last time we saw him, he kind of screwed her over. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Like we get really no fallout from that. It's just like now they're buddies again. Which I think is very true to life in a workplace. Like you kind of just have to be on good terms with people at work, even if you hate them with a burning passion. Yeah, and I feel like something like that, where it's like you're an agent and it's kind of like, kind of probably is extremely competitive in that way. And like, if you do find somebody that you get along with, you probably can't take it super personally. And her office is still above his, you know? Yeah, so true. true. <laughs> she's still, quote unquote, better than him. Mm-hmm. We find out that Mr. Peanut Butter has a new plan now that his agent is, de- is dead. Mm-hmm. And it's that he's going to try to get discovered again. He's just going to go into Hollywood and be himself and get discovered. Yeah, it's exactly what happened with Mr. Peanut Butter's place. Yeah, and it's exactly the same when you're like an aging former star. It's exactly <laughs> the same. And Diane's like, no, but like, are you going to like go to auditions? Like, we could lose the house. Yeah, yeah. And he's just like, quesera, ah, 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 quesadilla. I loved that. Yeah. <laughs> also, Diane should probably look at like, not maybe not going on the like charity work and getting another job after this secretariat movie is over yeah good point I, was that supposed to be like a volunteer gig with sebastian st Clair? i think so oh interesting i was thinking he was paying her to like write his book or something document oh, right. his exploits. i mean maybe he'll pay her but probably not that much yeah agreed it's probably like someone who works for a nonprofit money even though he's like a rich billionaire philanthropist. yeah <laughs> I don't know. I just think because the way it was de- like described when she took the secretariat job is it's like having the money will help you mm-hmm. more. And so she should maybe like, try to get more jobs like this one. Yeah, agreed. Especially if they might lose their home. Mm-hmm. I really dead ass was about to call it the Seabiscuit movie. <laughs> like, and for what? We've never spoken of Seabiscuit on this podcast. <laughs> I love that. I just was <laughs> ready to say it. I was like, yeah, see, mm, criteriot. <laughs> Both inspiring horses. Well, sure. <laughs> Are they? I don't know. They both could run fast. actually inspirational? He was really fast. He won a lot of races. My sister was like, I didn't win any m- money on the Kentucky Derby. And I was like, why did you bet on the Kentucky what? Derby? Who bets on the Kentucky Derby? Apparently someone bet like $1.4 million on the front runner and they came in fourth place. Wow. Okay. Secretariat died in 19. 1970 hmm. to 1989. A champion thoroughbred racehorse who was the ninth winner of the Triple Crown. Widely mm-hmm. regarded as one of the greatest racehorses of all time. He had a record-breaking victory in the Belmont Stakes. <laughs> At age two, he finished fourth in his 1972 debut. 
Oh my god. We should have read Diane's book. At age three, he won not only the triple crown, but also set speed records in all three races. Wow. Do you know what all three of the races in the triple crown are? I don't know what even one of them is. Is one of them the Kentucky Derby? Yes. Who would you live under a rock? <laughs> I already the other said two? the Belmont Stakes. That's, this is the first time I've heard of Belmont oh Stakes. Oh my, my god! Life. And then there's Churchill Downs. No. All right. No. Is it or is it Preakness? Churchill Downs is where the Kentucky Derby happens. That's the Preakness. I'm an idiot. Okay. Well, you could have just made up all these words except for Kentucky Derby, which I have heard of. Oh my god. Wow, he did set a lot of records and was only like three when he did so. <laughs> Truly an inspiration. At the beginning of his three-year-old year, Secretariat was syndicated for a record-breaking $6.08 million on the condition that he be retired from racing by the end of the year. What does syndicated mean? I think that that is when it's like you're gonna have babies now he sired several successful resources but ultimately was most influential through his daughter's offspring becoming the leading brood mare sire in north america in 1992 intergenerational dynasty yeah intergenerational what's (laughs) secretary died of laminitis which is a disease that affects the feet of horses and cattle that sounds really sad but also, this horse only earned $1.3 million. Was that like a bigger deal at the time? I mean, it must have been. a lot of. That's a lot of money in the 80s. Yeah. What do you... I don't... Never mind. I guess you don't care at all about racehorses. <laughs> Not even slightly. <laughs> well, anyways, at three years old, he was 65.5 inches tall at his withers, okay? His withers. <laughs> you don't know anything about horses. That is absolutely true. <laughs> it's fine. Anyways, that's Secretary uh, Corner. Um, Withers so, is a funny word. <laughs> yeah, it's like they're like, sh- not their shoulder, but like in the range of their like front shoulder near their neck. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. That- Anyways, so have you ever seen a horse before, first of all? Uh, once or twice, yeah. Oh, any okay. So speaking of Secretariat, <laughs> they're on the set. On Bojack Horseman. Um, Bojack is talking to Diane and he goes... If Mr. Peanut Butter said, I love you, no, you don't, would you have to talk about that later? <laughs> it's like, or can we just ignore it forever? Which, like, relatable. I, too, would, <laughs> well, I probably would have just, after the I love you, run away and never return. But, like, I would never want to talk about it. While they have this, and then Diane makes a comment of, like, it, it depends. Is he telling me that in our current house, or are we, like, homeless living behind a Barnes & Noble burning books for warmth? <laughs> Yeah, she's like stealing food from the catering table. Like clearly they're both going through some stuff. She's also she's stealing paper towel to fold in half and use as napkins. Yeah. <laughs> Which is how you can tell Diane's a, a Gen X. Yeah. Because a millennial would never care so much about napkins. Mm-hmm. Do you keep napkins in your home? You feel organized. You might have napkins. I have paper towels that I sometimes fold in half. Okay. She He gets paged by Wanda. And he goes, zero, zero, zero. What does that mean? How am I supposed to know these codes? And it's like, Wanda told you. He goes, I want to ignore it. How do I ignore it? And Diane goes, with a pager, you just ignore it. And he goes, what? With my mind? Come on. How am I supposed to do that? Which I did. I liked that a lot. But then he comes to the realization that if he stays at work forever, he will never need to talk to Wanda about what happened this morning. Yes. Very mature solution super mature super understandable honestly the right decision and i understand bojack you know it's fine (laughs) 
Princess Carolyn, of course, is late for work because of all the gravy and everything. But they, <laughs> she now has found out about the dead agent. And everyone else is already reaching out to clients. So the only person left on the list is Mr. Peanut Butter. Yeah. And she is like, I don't want to reach out to him. <laughs> She missed some good people. I don't know if you looked at the list of who else she could have had. Well, the ones that she knew that she had connections with where Mr. Witherspoon is like, yeah, well, this is all great news in the alternate universe where you're on time because she has Mm -hmm. connections with what? J.J. Abrams, Jay Leno. Yeah, there are a bunch of them. I think on the list of people that she missed, it was like Jeff Goldblum, Laura Dern, Samuel L. Jackson, and Wayne Knight. Well, and no wonder this agent hadn't called Mr. Peanut Butter in years. He had actually successful people to work for. Yeah, he's not calling him. Yeah, so Princess Carolyn just doesn't even call Mr. Peanut Butter at all, which I think is funny. And Mr. <laughs> Peanut Butter's walking through Hollywood, waiting for Destiny to find him. A flyer, like, fl- comes off of a, like, light post or whatever and it literally is like audition former 90 stars preferred and it's literally following him around like trying to hit him but of course he doesn't read it one time yeah and then he has this like moment of almost realization but in fact it's him realizing he should work at a lady footlocker yes lady footlocker is looking for team players and mr peanut butter says i'm such a team player i make all the other team players look like garbage (laughs) I loved that. (laughs) Which truly is how I feel in a work environment. Like, I will be such a good team player that everyone else will look like trash. Hell yeah. Because (laughs) I am the best. Incredible. Back at the Secretariat set, Bojack has made the day take so long just to get one take because of his master plan. But what he failed to consider was the union and that they can't just work forever. And so everyone's done for the day. They've got to go. Yeah. And he like is really dragging it out. He's like, hello, I'm acting. It's so bad. But he isn't ready to go home. So he offers to take everyone out for dinner and drinks. And the only person to take him up on it is Corduroy Jackson Jackson, who plays like the jockey. We have Mm -hmm. not talked about him at all yet, have we? On the IMDb No, we haven't. Well, yeah. he's voiced by Brandon T. Jackson, who is in so many things, but I don't even know if I've seen any of them because I am an uncultured swine. <laughs> I also don't know anything. Let me see. Um, Voice actor. Oh, he's uncredited in the 8 Mile. Okay, Fast and Brandon Furious. Okay, I've seen that. I've seen Fast and Furious. I, I have seen nothing that Brandon T. Jackson is in, but he does great work as Corduroy. And what we find out about Corduroy is that he actually formerly used to do autoerotic asphyxiation himself. And it's really come up after the death of this agent, whose name I will literally never remember. Ronnie something. Yeah, what? Some old guy. I don't know. He has like a lot of different names for autoerotic asphyxiation, of which I wrote none down. Yeah, I wrote some of them down and was like not sure if we would <laughs> want to venture into it. <laughs> what? But I did write some of them down. This is an adult <laughs> podcast, okay? <laughs> some of them include the blue faced blast off, the strokey chokey, the two neck squeeze, and one hand on the Adam's apple, one on the Adam's banana. <laughs> hilarious and so Bojack is like so uncomfortable talking about this and it's like wow you have a lot of names for this but then the Mm -hmm. minute they switch gears he goes yeah but now I'm really into Jesus have you found your Lord and Savior Jesus Christ he's like okay so but actually let's just like go back to this asphyxiation thing anyways back to choking (laughs) yeah he says so good I mean I too would rather talk about masturbation than Jesus Yeah, I think I agree. And so this goes on late enough that by the time Bojack gets home, Wanda's already in bed. Bojack 
tries to crawl into bed and is like, great, we don't have to talk about it. Wanda is awake, however. Yeah, she's like, don't worry, I don't love you either. She's like, woof. Yeah, she goes, you don't love me. It's okay. I don't love you either. Which, truly reasonable. They barely know each other. But also, like, I feel like it's so weird because when you're in, like, the early phases of a relationship, it's like, obviously, you're not in love. Yeah. But you would more phrase it of, I like you, not I don't love you. Yeah, yeah. And I think, like, just the fact of the matter is, like, they're living together. And, like, I think it probably hits harder when someone says it so, like, she says it very bluntly of just like, it's okay, I don't love you either. It's just like, oh, God. Yeah, some Bojack starts spiraling, of course, because even though he doesn't love Wanda, Wanda needs to love him, you know? Mm -hmm. Which, again, very relatable. If Bojack (laughs) Horseman could just get his foot off my neck, that would be great. (laughs) So the next morning, Wanda's making her smoothie, and she's like, listen, Bojack, it's fine. We're having a good time. We just don't love each other. Yeah. Bojack's like, you can't just say I don't love you to someone. She's like, well, you said it to me. Which is uh, true. I like how Todd interjects to be like, I would just like to say I love you both. I I love that moment. I love Todd. He's so cute. He's like, I just want you to think about the effect your fighting is having on me. He's perfect as their child. It's very good. He's just got a good face for it. Yeah. Someone give him a cookie. Someone get this guy a cookie. So then we go back. Princess Carolyn is finally replacing her shoe with the broken high heel, which she's doing at Lady Foot Locker, which doesn't make any sense. Is Lady Foot Locker a, a real thing, first of all? Uh, well, so, t- yeah, I think Tom goes to work there on Parks and Rec when they have the shutdown for a while. So I'm wondering if it's like there's the half of Foot Locker that's for like women's shoes. Lady Foot Locker. Okay, in 2015, they started to gradually phase it out. Because, it, again, it's just the women's shoes at Foot Locker. Mm-hmm. Anyways, Foot Locker's not where you go for high heels because no. they don't sell any of them because they sell like casual Sneakers. sport <laughs> street shoes. Like it's not it's not where you get high heels. No. But anyways, while she is there, she sees that Mr. Peanut Butter is literally like the star of Lady Foot Locker. He's like acting like it's a game show doing a brilliant job. Mm-hmm. Everybody loves Everyone him. Everyone loves him. Which, like, honestly, he might have found his calling, selling shoes to mm-hmm. women. And then Rutabaga lets Princess Carolyn know that there is one more client on the list, but it's a very secret client. It's J.D. Salinger. From Catcher in the Rye and others. Yes. Okay. So did you ever read Catcher in the Rye? Yes. But I read it when I was probably, like, 23 or something. And I remember feeling like I can understand why, like, angry 17-year-olds thought this was, like, the best book ever. Okay, but. no, but wait. I read Catcher in the Rye when I was a very angry 16-year-old, and I hated it. Oh, well. I was like, why is Holden Caulfield such a whiny little bitch? Truly is yeah. how I felt. I was like, what is wrong? with Like, I hated that book so much. I mean, a lot of whiny little bitches really relate to it. But, so. like, I, too, was a whiny little bitch. Like, I'm not acting like I wasn't. I just was like, I hate this guy. Have you read anything else by him and or do you know of anything else by him? So he has this book called, like, Zoe and Someone, and I can never remember who the and someone is. Franny and Zoe. Thank you. Yes. It's Franny got his Zoe. short yes, story right. Franny and his novella Zoe. Spelled Zooey, Akiva would love to know. Zooey, yeah. I have never read anything else by him, but in my mind, truly, The Red Pony by John Steinbeck is by Jenny Salinger to me. <laughs> I don't know why. I've also never read The Red Pony. But you've just like linked them in your mind. Which is just truly stupid because like I feel like John Steinbeck has a lot more like famous books. I don't know. I can only name two books by John Steinbeck. Three. Three books. (laughs) Which ones? East of Eden. Grapes of Wrath. 
and of mice and men and not the red pony no i would never have mentioned the red pony oh my god the red pony is the first thing i think (laughs) as we established i don't care about horses (laughs) you come on this bojack horseman podcast and tell me you don't care about horses oh true what a beautiful irony (laughs) i can't believe you anyways so yeah to me john steinbeck is just janie salinger (laughs) i'll take it (laughs) anyways so we find out that he's still alive he faked his own death in 2010 because that's when he actually died Mm-hmm. He's just extremely reclusive. Yeah, he's very reclusive. And we find out he actually is working in a tandem bicycle shop. <laughs> yeah, who would have guessed? He immediately fesses up to who he is, that he is a J.D. Salinger, which makes sense because he can never be a phony, obviously. Get it? Catch her <laughs> yeah, in the, no, catch her in the like... rye jokes, you know? Get it? Get it? Yeah, uh, <laughs> see, you are so smart. So yes, so she asks like one question about bikes. Like you sell a lot of bikes. And he's like, okay, fine. I don't know anything about bicycles. <laughs> I'm J.D. Salander and I faked my own death. Yeah, so really great way. Apparently, he doesn't want anyone to know he's still alive because everyone just is so in in love with him and obsessed with him, which is like, is that even true? I mean... Like, it seems like not, he didn't actually even write that many things. Yeah, and like, not the right people are obsessed with Catcher in the Rye, I think. I mean, I think a lot of people were obsessed with it as teenagers. I just yeah. hated it. I hated it so much. I had a hard time finishing the book. Yeah, I remember feeling as I was reading it, like, I'm supposed to be enjoying this more than I am. Yeah, I just didn't like it. So I went back to reading other books for angsty teens by reading, like, as much Chuck Planick as as possible. (laughs) You know, just normal stuff. (laughs) Naturally. (laughs) Ugh, anyways. Yeah, all of his notable works were published between 1951 and 1963. Wow, that was a long time ago. And he died in 2010. Yeah, (laughs) he just did nothing for, like, 40 years. He died at 91. Jeez. So he also didn't even was reclusive. get any success for like 30 years. <laughs> How many times do you think he was married? Three. Are you looking at his IMDb page? What the hell? No, I'm not. I was trying to think if it was like if it was probably more than once, but less than five. Huh. Well, he had two <laughs> children. And what I really like is on the Wikipedia, it says two, including Matt, and then a link to Matt Salinger's Wikipedia page, because I guess he's a successful actor and producer. I've never heard of him. Who is this person? Matt Salinger. Matt Salinger. We've really, this episode has layers. There's so many layers. Like, <laughs> we've we've gone through it. Oh, we also missed where Bojack took corduroy's jack-off kit away from him which has like a ball gag and like the silk necktie and like a lemon because that's corduroy keeps <laughs> bringing up that if you bite down on the lemon at the right time it keeps you from passing out uh-huh. which, i love bojack where he's like ew is this your bible yeah no worse it's my <laughs> jack-off kit yeah. and he's like yeah i can't do it anymore i have a girlfriend my girlfriend loves me and so i could never do it because if someone loves you, they don't want you to do autoerotic asphyxiation because it's so dangerous. Mm-hmm. Bojack's like, oh, like, why do you even need this kid? I thought you could just like use a belt or a rope and corduroy's clearly like, oh, I've never thought of that before. Like, oh, wait, you could use anything. Oh, OK. <laughs> and so then that becomes like a major plot point of the episode is that Bojack is like, oh, Wanda will admit that she loves me if I say that I'm going to do autoerotic asphyxiation because if she loves me, she won't want me to do it because it's dangerous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a perfect crime. And then he, he's, like, very obvious that that's his plan. And mm-hmm. she sees right through him and is like, okay, have fun. 
Yeah, put a towel down, but not one of the good ones. The next day, she's like, look who survived to masturbate another day. And he's like, I haven't done it yet. <laughs> yeah, he just needs to, like, get all the supplies. And she's like, uh, well, I wish you all the best. Todd's like, stop fighting. Can't you see I've been acting out? <laughs> he's been, like, the perfect child. Yeah, I don't I don't see the acting out. I guess he, like, scammed money from Bojack for pizza, but, like, that's normal. True. Yeah. And then Bojack says, Todd, get in the car. It's time to get serious about autoerotic asphyxiation. <laughs> and I feel like that hooray question mark is like one of the gifts that always pops up when I try to look for stuff on Twitter. Yeah. Hooray question mark. Uh, yeah. So they go to a Home Depot or Home Hardware or whatever the not Canadian version is. Yeah. Lowe's, I think. Oh, they go to Lowe's. Yeah. Who goes to Lowe's? No one. Weird. Princess Carolyn brings J.D. Salinger to Wanda to pitch a show, and he has a great concept. He wants to ask celebrities trivia questions. Find out whether they know things. Hollywood stars and celebrities, what do they know? Do they know things? Let's find out. And that's what the name of the show will be. Yeah, Princess Carolyn's like, I think it's just a working title. She's like, no, I love it. I can already see it on the marquee. It's a long marquee. It's a long marquee. <laughs> Hollywood stars and celebrities, what do they know? Do they know things? Let's find out. <laughs> sounds like a hoot and i don't use that word with just anybody <laughs> wanda has a lot of good lines wanda's a great character truly mm-hmm. and the celebrities also can do physical challenges is mm-hmm. is what's brought up because they and this is great because they want to find a companion show to a show that i didn't write down the name of what was the other show hey i think you can dance hey i think you can dance <laughs> perfect and now they just need a host and so Princess Carolyn takes them to Lady Foot Locker and shows Mr. Peanut Butter selling shoes. And he gets mm-hmm. offered the show. Yeah, and even J.D. Salander is like, he's perfect. Because he is absolutely perfect for Hollywood stars and celebrities. What do they know? Do they know things? Let's find out. And Mr. Peanut Butter says, with the right attitude, every single one of your dreams can come true. And if it doesn't come true, you just didn't have the right attitude. <laughs> yep. So, uh, yep. It's very much what we believe. That is not what I believe. It's the opposite of what we believe. I refuse to have a good attitude, you know? (laughs) But our dreams are still going to come true. I mean, maybe. In spite of our bad attitudes. Someday, Chris Evans will jump out of a cake for us. I I think that we need to have more realistic goals than that. Maybe that's... You have your perfectly realistic goal of New York pizza at some point in the future. I can't wait. Like, I literally just can't wait to have just like a giant slice of pizza the size of my face and put the chili flakes on it, fold it in half. And let me tell you, I'm having two slices at least. Oh, yeah. I'm having pizza every day that I'm there. Every day. I've never taken mm. New York pizza for granted again. <laughs> okay? And if yeah. anyone tries to keep me away from the New York pizza, I'll fight them. Agreed. Okay? I was in New York City on like March 1st of 2020 and didn't have pizza. It's a big regret. Lindsay, that's the worst thing I've ever heard in my life. I know. I just assumed we could come That's back. That's literally the worst thing I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. March you 1st, 2020. squandered your opportunity for pizza. I am yeah. disappointed in you deeply. Mm-hmm. Deeply disappointed for me. <sighs> wow. I can't believe it. Okay. So we're almost through the episode, I promise. So now we go back to Bojack and Wanda's house. And Bojack is like building an elaborate like police system to do autoerotic asphyxiation mm-hmm. it includes like a small lemon tree in a pot yeah he's he's got it all figured out 
And Wanda comes in and goes, do you want to talk about the elephant in the room? At which point we see that the elephant from Lowe's has come back with him. And he's like, wow. Wow. <laughs> okay. First of all. Wow. 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 Incredible. So bad. I wonder how much that happens to him. Yeah. Are there other like elephant related idioms like that? With, like elephant, elephant in the room. never elephant. forgets. Yeah. 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 That's good. Um, Horton hears a who. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> okay so basically bojack is like setting himself up to choke himself and almost hurts himself a little bit and Wanda's like okay fine you stupid baby i love you but i'm not mm-hmm. telling you not to do the funky spider-man or whatever like you have to be <laughs> responsible for yourself and he's like well i can't be responsible for myself and Wanda goes but if you love me then you won't do it yeah and then he doesn't do it and then he's like it's only because i'm a coward not because i love you yeah he's like it's not because you make me feel less broken or anything <laughs> yeah and she's yeah. like yeah okay sure you don't you don't love me yeah and they're just very cute but obviously not functional as this episode has shown like this is a whole yeah this is some uh, next level weird this shit. is really bad then we get a rutabaga and princess carolyn conversation and princess carolyn's like i literally like brought someone back from the dead and Mm -hmm. got a show blah 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 like it's amazing and no one even noticed me yeah because in the meeting before (laughs) sir witherspoon was like someone did something amazing today like i'll give you a hint catcher and rye and it's because charlie witherspoon who again is a tree frog not a gecko i know that now don't worry (laughs) um in my brain still a gecko just for the record i have to correct myself on that every time and they're like if only there was something some device that could catch a bagel and take (laughs) away the the guesswork it's so good yeah Again, I feel like all their ideas have been proven to be very good ideas. Well, yeah, I think that's the bit where it's like literally if they could just commit to anything, <laughs> like they would be wildly successful and have a lot of money. Yeah. But they just jump from thing to thing without a- actually following through. And so they are not successful. Mm-hmm. Halloween in January. Yeah. <laughs> that one was going to be success. So many people went into that store. Mm-hmm. They could have gotten a sponsorship deal with Andrew Garfield. That would have been perfect. He loves lasagna. He hates Mondays and he loves Halloween. He's spooky. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, so Princess Carolyn is pretty down and Rutabaga says, do you want the, do you want the movie star speech? Which he's offered to her a few times over the episode as she's been having like a hard time. Yeah. And, and this time she's like, finally yeah. Finally okay. she says yes. And basically the gist of it is you are the star of a movie and this is the part of the movie where you get broken and people make you feel like shit. But you need this part because otherwise at the end when you get everything you ever wanted, it won't, it'll feel like it doesn't matter. Like they're assholes in this world, but they don't matter because you are the star of this movie and everything is going to work out for you is, is the gist <laughs> of it. Yeah, they don't matter because the movie's never been about them. The movie's about you. Hell yeah. And yeah. it makes Princess Carolyn feel better. And then Rutabaga tells her that he and Katie are probably getting divorced. Mm-hmm. And they just kind of leave it on that. Like, she doesn't really have a reaction. It's just like, this is happening. Right? It, it very much just, like, switches to Bojack getting back to his trailer on set and finding Corduroy has passed away from autoerotic asphyxiation. Yeah. Lemon in hand. And that's how the episode ends. So real downer ending. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Real downer ending on this one. I feel like, yeah, we, we didn't mention that Bojack did fix the bed. Oh, yeah. This, and that, and was, that was, the, was so cute. Could that, the cute moment. Yeah, that he, when he, he bought all the stuff to, to choke himself, but he also thought, hey, I might as well fix the bed while I'm at it. Yes. So, so that was nice. But then, uh, yeah, real downer at the end with Corduroy Jackson. Yeah. Jackson. Big, da- big downer um, with Corduroy Jackson Jackson. So what'd you think of this episode? 
I didn't dislike. I feel like I like it less after talking about it. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't like there were definitely some funny moments, but I feel like we've watched funnier ones lately. I agree. We also didn't talk about Alan Arkin, who voices J.D. Salinger. Do we want to talk about him now or do we want to table it? We can give him like a short time if you like. He's probably the most famous he's one. He's super of- famous. <laughs> but once again, I've seen very few things that he's in. I've seen Edward Scissorhands. Little Miss Sunshine. Oh, he's the guy from Little Miss Sunshine. Yeah. Little Miss Sunshine. Famously, Abigail Breslin is my celebrity lookalike. Oh, I don't know what she looks like as a grown-up, really, and how well she compares to you. I'm going to send you a link, and you can see her face. She does kind of look like you. It's the the only one that people have ever said to me that I'm like, oh, I actually kind of see it. Because, you know, we're both blonde. We've got round faces, you know? Yeah, I could see it. She could play you. I feel like you could play yourself. You think I could play myself in a movie? (laughs) Yeah. I think I could be an actress if I had any training. You have played the devil on TV. I was the devil on TV once. Just like Jake Johnson. But that was actually just me playing myself. So I guess we know I could play myself in a movie. Oh, true. <gasps> There's levels to this. Incredible. Oh, my God. This podcast. So Honestly, deep. we've really gone through like the full range of human emotion today. And I think that it's a, it's a good thing. I agree. I agree. Okay. Did we get any feedback on this episode? So we heard from someone named Noah who said, love your podcast and watched BoJack while working for the American Embassy in Russia. Oh, cool. (laughs) Yeah. And then he wrote an essay about Escape from LA and it was very long and very cool, but we will actually go through it once we get to that episode in a few weeks. But thank you so much, Noah, for that. And then we also got a new five-star review, which is a surprise (laughs) to you even. Oh my God. (laughs) Oh my God. Okay. Read me the review. Okay. So this is from... Barbaroha. Barbaroha. Something like that. Mm-hmm. Everyone's favorite existential horse and his travails. Unpretentious and smart. Also a good source of updates on the vaccine situation in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, oh, I died when I saw that. We so really, this is on the American yeah, iTunes we, story. We really do give too many updates on the COVID vaccine situation in Canada. Like, this... Like this podcast is such in a time and a place, which is which is yeah. so weird because we've chosen the time and place like five years after BoJack started, first of all, <laughs> and then in the place we are in is in the pandemic. Like I feel like if someone were to discover us in a couple of years, they're like, wow, we were all really deeply unwell at that time. <laughs> the opposite of a timeless evergreen podcast. Like, collectively, we've been languishing and this podcast is evidence of that. <laughs> This podcast is thriving. Honestly, I love this podcast and I wouldn't change a thing. It's beautiful. Oh, thanks for the review. I can't promise that we will stop talking about the Canadian COVID vaccine situation. <laughs> yeah, so if that was a joke, then too bad. <laughs> yeah, I forgot to tweet out to get questions for the episode because I was sad. So sorry. I'm a human, okay? <laughs> Let me live. But if you want to be part of the conversation you can tweet us at bojack horsepod you can email us bojack horsepod at gmail.com or again the best way to get a hold of us is leave us a five-star review not mm. one of you have left a review that says surfs up yet That's a great not point. one of you and i'm not mad i'm just disappointed mm. so again we accept five-star reviews only please leave that on whatever podcatcher you use and if you don't use itunes send us a screenshot we'll read it What do you think? We are too good to read a screenshot? We aren't. 
we're not too good and for anything except reviews lower than five stars. Indeed. And if someone does, in fact, send us a review that says surfs up in it between now and when the podcast is released, we're not disappointed in you. Yes. If you've sent it in the, <laughs> if you have sent in the review between May 9th and May 18th, when this episode will be released, <laughs> we're not disappointed in you. But if it is mm-hmm. after May 18th, what, what are you doing? We are disappointed. Like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. we're so unwell. It's, I, I, it's, you know what? It's fine. Is there anything else we need to talk about today? I don't think so. I think we're good. Okay, incredible. Lindsay, where else can people find you? You can find more of me over on The Simpsons Then and Now, where we are talking every two weeks about an old episode and a new episode linked by a common theme. We're having a lot of fun over there, so come visit us. We just had our one-year anniversary on that podcast. Aww happy birthday yeah very exciting That's very cute if you want to hear from me right now it's just social media at kirsten said what twitch.tv slash kirsten said what my other podcasts are all over right now and it feels incredible so much free time so come hang out with me on twitch it'll it's always a good time we will be back next week to talk about season two, episode seven, Hank After Dark. Oh, I don't I think I remember this episode. I have any recollection of this, but I'm excited to watch it. And then the week after that is an episode that like multiple people wanted to come on for. So in demand. Yeah, so in demand. So in demand. It's not even funny. Yeah. So thank you, Lindsay, for editing this podcast. Love you. Me too. Thank you, Will from America, for our incredible theme song. And we we will see you next week. Bye. Bye.